0: What up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. It is late night Wednesday. I want to first off just say thank you to everybody that has reached out to me. It continues to be a struggle with some of the health stuff, trying to get it figured out as soon as possible, but I really do, from the bottom of my heart, I just appreciate it how much all of you have continued to be there for me. It, it's really humbling, but I certainly want to get back to normal as soon as possible. We've got a loaded pod. We're going to talk about last night's Air Force game, really disappointing performance by the Rams. They fall uh, 85 to 74 in overtime to the Falcons. First loss to Air Force under Nico Medved, actually. But before we get to that, we are going to talk about the most recent commitment for CSU football. And I'm just going to give a couple of thoughts on the national championship. It was obviously a blowout. Don't need to go too in-depth there. But I did just kind of want to give my response to some of the common takeaways that I've seen from just college football fans online, uh, pundits, writers, radio hosts, whatever. And honestly, I guess I'll just start with that. Georgia obviously recorded the largest bowl win ever, not just in the national championship, the biggest win in a bowl game ever ever that's absurd. I said in our preview pod that I felt like the dogs would cover that two touchdown spread, but this one was over in five minutes. This Georgia program under Kirby Smart is incredible. I mean, he took what he learned from Saban and just completely replicated it right down to the brainwashing of the locker room. After the game, Georgia players looking in the camera saying, that people thought they were going to be 7-5 and five or 6-6, six, uh, six six, 500. In what planet was that true? But because that game was so lopsided and because it was over so quickly, people tuned out. I believe I saw it had the worst ratings since 1999. And the common response was that TCU did not deserve to be there. And I just genuinely disagree with that. I'm not sure they were actually one of the best four teams in the country, I'm an Alabama guy that's pretty commonly known. I I root for them. I do think Alabama is one of the best four teams in the country, but they play 12 to 13 games in the regular season that need to count. And what the Horn Frogs did this year was absolutely incredible. They had more ranked wins than anybody. They went out on the road and got it done in a bunch of really hostile environments. As much as people love to take shots at the quality of play in the Big 12, and at times some of the criticisms are warranted, It is legitimately one of the better conferences in the country in terms of fan support. I mean, you're going into places like Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Manhattan, Kansas. Kansas State historically is a really hard place for ranked opponents to play. It's a conference that basically cannibalizes itself every single year. And I know they lost the Big 12 championship. It was a shootout. But unlike USC, who lost to Utah twice, they got it done one of those times against Kansas State. And unlike Alabama, my team, they were actually able to make it to their conference championship game. If it were a different reality, yes, I think Alabama could have given Georgia a better game. I think Ohio State would have given Georgia a better game. I think Michigan would have given uh, Georgia a better game. But TCU kicked Michigan's ass, and they deserved to be there. I mean, they whooped them in the trenches. There was that missed call on the touchdown. I recognize that. But genuinely, I feel like Harbaugh got too cute with his play calling. The pick sixes by McCarthy were huge. And TCU earned that spot in the national title game. It ultimately ended up being a dud. But that happens in sports all the time. We see it in the NCAA tournament. The Cinderella story that makes it through the Sweet 16 and then gets murked in the Elite Eight. Even in the NFL, we see it. So as disappointing as that game was, as big of a stinker as it was, I just think it's ridiculous to say that TCU didn't deserve that spot after the fact because we watched them make this incredible run. And whether they were actually one of the four most talented teams, whether they were truly one of the four best teams, they earned that spot. Guess what, guys? The best teams don't always make it. I think the Detroit Lions were better than the Seattle Seahawks. I think they were better than Tampa Bay at the end of the year. They didn't make the playoffs. The season has to count for something, and far too often we overreact and come up with these hot takes based on one game and not the totality of the season. And that's just dumb to me, as is the whole transitive results argument. And I understand that we all do it. I I do it. I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I'm not guilty here as well. But the folks that are then taking this TCU-Georgia game and saying, well, how bad is Michigan then? If they lost to this team, that's dumb. We watched this Michigan team. They were really, really good. And guess what? Sometimes good teams lose games. That's sports. Anyways, that's my two cents on the national championship game, all the hot takes. That game sucked. It definitely sucked, but there's going to be more of those in an expanded playoff. That's just the reality. I still support the idea of doing it just because I think the product has generally gotten stale over the last decade, and they just need to shake things up. But if you're pounding on the table for 12 teams to get in and you're also complaining about the result of this one, just understand there's definitely going to be more of these the gap between the haves and the have-nots, and I'm even talking about not even from you know a USC to a CSU. I mean even from a Georgia to a TCU, from a Georgia to an Oklahoma State. It's significant. And while we will get the occasional upset, the crazy memorable game, TCU beating Michigan or Boise State beating Oklahoma, but in that case it would have counted towards you know, competing for a national championship, There's going to be a lot of these as well. These just absolute blowouts because the talent gap between one side and the other, the athleticism gap, it's just too significant. And you can let more guys into the party, but at the end of the day, most of the time, it's still going to be those same top dogs that still come out on top. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the latest commit for CSU football. Matt Thomas, a Rhode Island transfer defensive lineman, really intriguing guy with a lot of experience, great size. And then we will talk some hoops real quick. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go to place for the wildcard round action is with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice. And if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10 action. So good. Why bet on the NFL playoffs with anywhere else? I already told y'all that I backed Georgia in the national title game. So that was a win hoping to keep it up in these NFL playoffs. I, I hate to say it. I'm a Broncos fan, but I think that the chiefs are the smart play. The chiefs are the Bengals. I think are the deepest teams. I don't know. I just think the quarterback play is what it ultimately comes down to. I don't really trust that Buffalo defense without Von Miller. And much like Georgia, at the end of the regular season where they weren't covering, they were just kind of beating opponents, I feel like the Chiefs are doing the same thing. This is a team that's essentially bored with the regular season. They know that it's all about the postseason for them. Somehow fell into the one seed. Feels like it's coming up, Mahomes. Anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. New customers can place a $5 bet on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to shout out Denver Health Medical, who is offering open enrollment through January 15th. Denver Health Medical Plan offers Elevate Exchange plans available on the Connect for Health marketplace with great benefits and affordable plan choices. You can also call direct at 303-602-4912 or you can sign up online at denverhealthmedicalplan.org. What's really cool is Elevate Exchange Plans have options for individuals and families looking for cost-effective quality health insurance for those who might not get coverage through their employer or who might be self-employed and need to get coverage. I've been in that spot before. And let me tell you, nothing has been more of a wake-up call of the importance of needing quality health insurance than these past couple of months and everything that I have been going through. All Elevate Exchange Plans include adult dental and vision at no additional cost, which is awesome. And plus this year, they also offer lower monthly premiums than any plan currently available on the marketplace. They've also added new mental health benefits for your regular co-pay. Go online or give a call at 303 One last time, open enrollment for the exchange runs through January 15th. Call today, 303 or visit www.denverhealth.medicalplan.org. Cool, cool, cool. CSU football recently picked up a commitment from Matt Thomas, a transfer out of Rhode Island, originally signed with Rutgers, actually. So maybe, you know, the, the next CJ Agnecchi for this CSU defense under Freddie Banks. Six foot three, 271 pound defensive end. He has appeared in 27 games in total. 22 of them were for Rhode Island, though. That's basically where he made uh, a name for himself, it's where he saw the most playing time. Had 46 total tackles between 2020 and 2022, five and a half sacks during that time. According to Twitter, the offers that he received after entering the transfer portal include Arkansas State, Campbell, Eastern Kentucky, Kent State, Sanford, Troy, and UT Martin. Would assume that Arkansas State and Troy would have been CSU's biggest competition there, both coming off of uh, nice stretches these last couple of years. As far as what he looks like, there's not a ton of film that I was able to find. I'll be honest, did not watch a a lot of Rhode Island football these past couple of years, but he did post some clips online. And he definitely appears to be a guy that's explosive off the snap. Looks like he primarily plays end, but could play in the interior with the size that he has. Again, this is just based on kind of some Twitter clips that he posted. But assuming that he does, in fact, sign, I will be looking forward to seeing what he looks like in the spring. And if he can produce even remotely on the level that CJ Anyachie was able to, this defensive line is going to be really, really good. I mean, Mohamed Kamara coming back, you have legitimately one of the best pass rushers in the country. Now you have another veteran to potentially pair opposite side of him or at least you know work in that rotation. Some of these up-and-coming guys, I, I think, are going to be really, really impactful this fall as well. Just looking at some of the dudes that were able to break out last season, Mukendi Wakalanji, Grady Kelly, Cam Baratow, James Mitchell. I'm sure I'm forgetting some guys here, but all of those dudes were making plays. I've heard really good things about Telvis Tioti. He transferred over from Nevada. I mean, Norvell was saying during the, the signing day press conference that there were guys on scout team that they couldn't block. So I think the state of the defensive line is really, really encouraging right now. This is a nice pickup for the CSU defense, especially considering some of the uh, competition that there was for him. But I think adding another big veteran with size and experience is going to be really beneficial for this unit. And I'm just really excited to see what Freddie Banks can do. If you are a DNVR diehard, I published 20 predictions for 2023. They were all CSU football oriented. Uh, A lot of them or with the the defense kind of taking that next step under Freddie Banks, I think it has the potential to be one of the better Ram defenses this century. I really do. Just looking at the explosive playmakers that they have in that front seven, and then the guys in the secondary, I mean, and Anusiam coming back is huge. Jack Howell coming back is huge. Henry Blackburn has really turned into a phenomenal safety. Aiden Hector, I mean, you can put him anywhere on the field. It's a really deep group, and there are a lot of guys that haven't even scratched the surface yet. I'm really excited to see what happens with DeAndre Gill and near Gatqua and some of these linebackers, some of the defensive linemen that they signed in the, the 2023 cycle. The foundation of this roster is really coming together nicely, and it's why I have high hopes for this season. Again, the the offensive line play has to improve drastically or they're not going to be able to go anywhere. But assuming that it's even competent. You know, you don't have to be great, but assuming that they can even be competent, I think this team is back in a bowl next year. Anyways, go check out those predictions. About 2,500 words, a lot of stuff in there, some historical facts as well. I think you guys will enjoy it. Always a great time to become a DNVR diehard, to get discounts at the bar, discounted merch, and access to our premium content that is not available for everyone else of course, we have made a lot of our content free now and uh, viewable for all of you, which I think is really cool. But we're always going to hook up the people that support us as, as much as we can. I mean, whether it's sweet deals or, or premium content, I'm going to try and do some video stuff, some live stuff, uh, some Q&A type stuff. We always just want to make sure that we are supporting the diehards and these prediction series, not just for the Rams. We did them for every single beat, nugs, abs, broncos, buffs, and Rockies, of course. Go check all those out. Also, keep your eyes out later this week. I'm going to have Titans punter Ryan Stonehouse on the show. Really looking forward to it. We're going to talk about his record-breaking season. We're going to talk about how he just continually gets overlooked and disrespected for some reason. It makes absolutely no sense to me, but I'm really looking forward to getting his perspective. So again, keep your eyes out for that one as well. But the time has come. We have to talk about this disappointing loss from CSU men's basketball against Air Force last night. I was covering the game remotely. Again, I I want to be back in Moby so desperately. I'm going absolutely stir-crazy. Um, we'll have it figured out as soon as we can. 85-74, to 74, the Falcons closed on a 6-0 run. You know, bad performances happen but I think there's a couple of trends with this team that are very alarming, starting with the rebounding. I mean, they just get punked on the glass on a nightly basis, and it, it really, really kills them. Air Force finished plus 14, 39 to 25. They had 12 offensive rebounds, twice as many as CSU, resulting in 14 second chance points, also twice as many as CSU. It just feels like the majority of the roster has no interest in even attempting rebounding or looking for the ball, boxing out, going for loose balls. The energy just feels very stale and uninspired, and that's very unusual because I I did not sense that at the beginning of the season, especially when I was there in person. I don't know if it's just from this tough stretch, if this team kind of has their confidence rattled or what it is but they have to find a way to be more resilient in these tough games. They just do not seem to respond well to, you know, metaphorically getting punched in the face. When teams bring the fight to them, when they consistently attack, it just kind of feels like the Rams, they kind of roll over, especially if things aren't going great on the offensive end. I've talked about that a lot this year. You have to be mature enough to not let how you are playing offensively impact you on the defensive end. That's what makes San Diego State so great year in and year out. A lot of the time, they're pretty pedestrian offensively, but it's that defense. The defense always keeps them in it. And this group has stretches where they play good defense, but it's just not consistent. It hasn't been consistent all year Not sure what it's going to take to get that to click for some of these guys, but if they don't, they're just not going to win, especially not in a conference as deep as the Mountain West. Some more takeaways. Clearly, they're feeling the loss of Roddy defensively on the glass. I do think the Jacob Jenison preseason injury was far more impactful than most realize. He, according to all accounts, was having a phenomenal offseason, was in line to start. And unfortunately caught another bad break. He's had a few of those in his young career. I hope at some point we're able to see him out there healthy. Obviously they expected Josiah Strong to be a much more impactful transfer than he has been. That's not a shot at him. He's going through a tough situation. As somebody currently going through health stuff, I I completely sympathize. Again, I'm, I'm not taking shots at him in any way, but just the fact that they haven't been able to count on him, that's that's big. I mean, they were expecting him to be a starter or at least a guy that's you know playing 25-plus minutes off the bench, and that just hasn't worked out. I mean, there's a lot of things you can look at when it comes to injuries, when it comes to the the timeline of David Roddy deciding to go to the NBA and kind of how that put this staff in a box as far as the recruiting calendar went. He decided really late. Not a shot at him. He had to do that. We're all super happy for him, but it limited who this staff was able to to go out and pursue. To their credit, I feel like they still were able to bring in some really impactful players. I think Joe Palmer should be playing more minutes. He's one of the few guys that has shown every single time he's on the floor that he is going to give 100% on both ends. He'll attack the glass. He'll you know, be an impactful defender. I don't know if he's a great defender, but he at least gives the effort. The Rams need more from their veterans, though. I mean, offensively... Isaiah Stevens and John Tanje combined to go 8 of 30 from the floor, 2 of 9 from deep. That's just not going to get it done. I mean, Isaiah has not been as efficient of a shooter as we're used to seeing. I think the injury is a big part of that. John has kind of not seemed like the, the same shooter. I know his shooting numbers aren't awful. He's just kind of all over the place. It's not the shooting. It's, it's more the driving in one on four without really a plan. I mean, he had five turnovers in this one just feels like a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes from veteran basketball players that we've seen for a long time now demonstrate high IQ. And it's just odd. It's just been an odd stretch for this whole team. I'm not trying to throw any one individual under the bus because there's been things that everyone needs to improve on. I mean, Cardi a bucket 23 points, nine of 11 from the floor. Currently the most efficient scorer in the entire conference If he keeps this up, he's going to be an all-mountain-west player. He's got to bring more on the glass. He's got to bring more as a rim protector. Not saying he's got to be Shaq out there, but be Pierce Hornung and just give all the effort that you can on that floor. I know it makes you tired, and you might, maybe you're not as impactful on the offensive end, but I would take three, four less buckets of a game if they could just defend the paint better. Again, it's not on him. It's on some of the guards. I mean, Air Force runs this Princeton offense really well, particularly for how inexperienced they are. A lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores on that team. But to give up 42 points in the paint at some point, that's just on lack of effort and communication. You've got to get better on these switches, have to have active hands, just do something to muck it up and stop giving them so many uncontested looks at the hoop, particularly when you're a team that has more size. I mean, it's not gonna be very often that CSU's the bigger squad, but in this particular matchup they are, and you never would have guessed it just looking at the box score. I don't know. I still have faith in some of these guys that we've seen play over the years. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be down on Isaiah Stevens because of you know a, a tough shooting night that's asinine. I still have faith in this staff. I mean, their resume, it, it's proven at this point. But the frustration from the fans is warranted. This group has got to find a way to respond. You don't want this to go down as a lost season or just one that does not matter at all. But losing to Air Force before you have to go to UNLV and then play San Diego State is certainly not an ideal spot to be in. We'll see. I mean, the squad has surprised us a couple of other times this season. Maybe you get the, the St. Mary's-type fight, but they've, they've got to find a way to respond. They've got to find a way to be more resilient. And they've got to find a way to box out and start putting together a better effort on the glass because I'm about to call Nico Carvacho and see if he can be out there with a mustache and a wig. I think that's probably it. I don't really see the sense in dragging on and on here. We'll see how the squad is able to respond against UNLV on Saturday night. Big game for the Rams, big opportunity to potentially steal one to get everybody feeling better again. But this was a really disappointing home loss really the only way to say it. All right. That's all I have for this one. Shout out to all of you. You make my dreams come true. Stay safe. Stay warm out there. Much love y'all. Peace.